everyone. Thank you so much for coming over to listen today. I'm Sue Van Rees, nutritional therapist, food psychology specialist, author, and founder of Boulder Nutrition here in Boulder, Colorado. For the next few weeks, I'll be hosting a very special edition of the podcast called The Soul Food Sessions. The Soul Food Sessions are bite-sized morsels of wisdom from our 2018 guest teachers, little tasters here and there from me, and some sweet shares from my past participants of my online program, The Yoga of Eating, a six-month course and community to heal your relationship to food and your body. Registration is now open. Over the next few weeks, you will get mini appetizer plates to sample through the soul food sessions. We have amazing content coming for you. And if you like these little tasters and teachings, I guarantee that you are going to love the Yoga of Eating online course and community. This is my most complete body of work combining nutritional therapy, food psychology, yoga, meditation, embodiment practices, recipes, resources, and our wonderful group of online guest teachers. You can find out more at theyogaofeating.com. I could not be more excited to share with you this very special edition of Satiate, and I am also incredibly grateful to be offering you some of the most potent wisdom from experts all over the country. So pour yourself a cup of something wintry and warming, settle into your favorite spot, and enjoy this soul food session. All right, well, thank you so much for being here today, Holly. I just wanna take a moment to introduce you to our listeners. Holly has been a long-term client of mine, and we've spent a lot of time really working towards her goal of healthy relationship to food and body. She's a passionate yogini, also a yoga teacher in Denver, Colorado, and a district instructional coach for the Aurora School District, where she works another aspect of her passion in the field of teaching. And Holly is here today to share with us a little bit more about her experience in the Yoga of Eating online course and community. And I chose to have her come on this interview today because she has actually completed this program with me multiple years in a row, really enjoyed the lifetime membership and coming back to this, this program as a nice form of support for her. And I just wanted to have her share some of her successes and her experiences with the program for all of you as listeners. And also just to touch base with Holly as we move into this new year together. So Holly, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. Oh, I'm excited. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, yay. Um, So I thought maybe we could start off with just a little bit about you. I gave a little brief bio there, obviously, but maybe there's some more pieces or a snapshot or a little bit more of um, in-depth inquiry into a little bit more about you. Yeah, um, so I'm actually a native of western New York. I moved to Colorado about 10 years ago, and 
after about a year living in Denver, I, is when I finally took up a consistent yoga practice. I had a knee injury, and then as a result, I was like, well, what else am I going to do? And any, everyone had been already suggesting that I take up yoga because I have a very um, type A personality, a uh, little perfectionistic almost. Uh, I have really high expectations for myself, and so I was like, all right, fine. Like, I might as well do this yoga thing. Um, <laughs> um, and so... At that time, I, I took up yoga um, a little bit more consistently, going a few times a week, and it was super impactful and powerful because it was reteaching me how to be in my body. Um, I was very much about this like external success, like go do and be more um, in order to get whatever you know was feeling like success. And so, once I started my yoga practice. Um, it really helped me re-embody my body and then also helped me recognize all of my thoughts and um, what was happening there. And, you know, I really actually credit yoga with one of the key things that helped me in healing my um, eating disorder. I, of course, I definitely worked with other professionals, including you, as part of that journey. But, you know, um, because I'm such an external like moving person in this physical world that by incorporating in some of the things that I was learning with working with you, with working with some other professionals, it helped me actually like take it in to a deeper level if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then as a result of yoga teacher, or as a result of starting practicing yoga, I realized, you know, there's so much more that I need to know and learn in order to and continue in this place of studying myself. And so I did yoga teacher training. And then, um, as you said, I'm, I'm now teaching here in Denver a couple of classes a week. Um, just to share that knowledge and that experience, I just feel like the more you know, the more you owe. And so as I continue to learn and continue to grow, it's, it's only appropriate and important to also share that with other people, wherever they are in their particular journey. Nice. That's a beautiful quote. Um, the more you know, the more you owe. And I feel like I've been able to watch you start to really build into this beautiful yoga instructor who has a deeper mission than just teaching the poses, more about really using the practice to enhance your health and the way we think about ourselves and, as you mentioned, embodying into your body in a way that can be really healing when it comes to how we relate to our bodies, the cues of our bodies, and, of course, the thoughts about our bodies. So it's been a beautiful process to watch. Um, And you've studied some nutrition, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also I know – which is interesting because I actually interviewed Chelsea Roth um, a few weeks ago for this very podcast series, the Soul Food Sessions, and you've studied with her, correct? Yep, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of these things seem to really have come together to be a supportive methodology and container for you to keep moving forward in your own health and happiness. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering when we want to get a little bit more specific with um, 
some of the work you've done through the Yoga of Eating online course and community, would you be um, able to tell me a little bit what in, about what inspired you to join this particular program? Well, initially, I was just sort of, I'm constantly learning. I feel like I'm just this constant seeker. But um, I was yearning for this new layer of learning um, just to go deeper. I felt like I was in a really good place with what I had already learned with food and body. And I was like, well, what else is there? And then um, I saw you were offering this option, and I thought it was absolutely perfect. It was putting together my love of, like, nutrition and self-care and well-being with yoga and these um, philosophies that I'd already learned and was already contemplating and reflecting on in my life, um, as well as, like, meditation and just this depth of learning. And I also appreciated um, that it also was bringing in some kind of, like, the psychology piece, too, because then there's that that mental component that we always have to navigate, um, at least in my experience. And so I just thought it was perfect. And then I also loved the fact that there was embedded support throughout the program because as an educator, one of the things that I know um, in supporting teachers is that if there's not this ongoing level of support and community, then whatever change that you're trying to make isn't going to stick, that you might learn this really great content and then you go back to apply it in your own life and it's so hard because our well-worn grooves of old habits that we've done or perhaps um, just ways that we've always done things, that it's really hard to make a shift and a change unless there's this ongoing support. So knowing that there's other women doing this, um, having you and the calls and all of this support and then little snippets of learning that I can take, a, take away as I'm able to within my own schedule, I mean, that was beautiful for me. And so take, I took the course and I was able just to kind of work through the content in my own case and then Next, the next year you were offering it again and I'm thinking about, oh, I have this lifetime membership, why don't I? <laughs> I might as well take advantage of it. A new group of women, um, a new opportunity to go in and again, continue to deepen my understanding of how all these like yogic philosophies and traditions and all of these other pieces that I've been studying the nutrition, how I can now take it to a new level because who I am each time I complete the course is a completely different person and so what I gained previously is great, but I might not have picked up on something that was there because I wasn't quite prepared and ready for that particular learning. And so each time I do it, I have a new takeaway. And but of course, it's absolutely helpful, too, just to get reminders of some of these key ideas and concepts that I may have learned previously, but because of the crazy of the day-to-day, -day, right, like I forget oh, yeah, that's important. I want to make sure I'm doing that, too. Um, yeah. So each time I feel like I take away a deeper, richer understanding, and as well, like, the participants each time are different. And so they bring different experiences and different reflections and different, you know, perspectives on things that I may not realize, but I'm, I needed to learn that as well. And so it's almost like divine intervention, like, okay, like, here's another gold nugget that you needed. Um, yeah, and it was convenient because <laughs> I could go in after a long day and, like, just turn on a quick podcast and make my dinner or whatever the case may be. And I felt like, okay, I'm still getting a way of taking care of myself um, within my convenient time frame. You know, if the, 
if that makes sense, you know? It's interesting what you were saying about coming back and learning something different each time. I can honestly say that with the groups I lead and this program as well, you know, I'm also coming back each year with each group of women that are participating in this particular program or others in the past. And it's interesting because I always think of myself as a participant in the actual core foundational, you know, work that we're doing. And it's exactly as you say, like I get something else each time. I'm in a different place in my life each time. And even though I'm leading the group, I'm still doing the exercises and the practices and it really does actually shift and change and transform. It's like fluid. You know, we, we are changing and transforming and embodying different aspects of our health at different periods of time, depending on what's going on and also what's going on in the world and, you know, what's going on in our own personal lives and our health and in our bodies. And it makes a big difference to come back and revisit each of these different concepts. So I'm glad that you're having that experience. It's, um, it's kind of what I'm hoping for with this life, lifetime membership for people. And it's um, so cool because, um, like, I'll be interacting with friends and family in new settings, and I don't realize sometimes the changes that I've made until somebody says something or somebody does something, and I'm like, oh, like, that's interesting. So, for example, um, oh, I can't eat that because it has X, Y, or Z, like, maybe oh, it has too much fat in it. And then I'm like, oh, like, actually, fat is good for you, and, like, this is why I eat that. And so then I'm able to, like, I don't know, impart that support on other people, whether they're interested in hearing it or not sometimes, but (laughs) Um, I just feel like then I'm able to also recognize like, oh, like, gosh, I did actually learn something even newer and look how I have shifted my relationship with, in this example, with fat because previously, you know, I I was like, oh, no, fat-free, like all the the things. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I'm curious to know, I mean, through your journey, in the bigger picture and including the work that we've done in this program, have you seen some milestones or have you overcome some specific obstacles in your path that you would, that would, you would find significant or you would want to mention today that have sort of shown you that you're making progress? Yeah. I think one of the first things that pops in my head is um, because I have this really perfectionism personality it leads me toward, um, and they're both personally and professionally, but um, just reflecting back to when I was, my work, um, I would be at work until literally the custodian was closing the building at like 10 p.m. at night because I felt like I have to be here. Um, And then I would be up early and then working weekends. And one of the things that I was able to identify um, was that as a result of overworking and overgiving myself in that way, I was compensating with um, food, and I would, like, eat in order to give myself that pleasure and that care that I wasn't giving myself by resting. Um, and then as a result of that, then I would have this, like, horrible cycle of guilt, like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that, and then spiral, you know, in that mental space, like, oh, man, I'm, like, almost like I'm a bad person because I had just bad food, which, um, you know, now I can see like food is neither good nor bad and I'm not good nor bad as a result of eating something. Um, Mm. But I'm now able to recognize like the triggers of it of like, oh, like you actually want to eat 
you know, the carbohydrates, you know, extra, I don't know, sweet potato, for example, not because you actually want it, but it's because you haven't been taking care of yourself. You haven't been resting. Um, and so then rather than going for the food, I'm able to check off the evening, check out for the evening rather, and just, okay, you actually just need sleep. Hmm. So really seeing where food is the symptom, not the problem in oh, a lot absolutely. of cases. Yeah. And I think it's a really big aha and one that I hope the people listening can relate to, which is there is so much that we cover up through food and we think food is the problem. And yet there is a deeper issue going on where there's something that we're not getting. Maybe it's sleep, maybe it's attention, maybe it's self-care, maybe it's time in nature or, you know, pleasure. And yet we're seeking those things to, we're seeking to cover them up through our eating patterns, whatever those are, various patterns for various people. And when we start to actually really address the underlying issue, like what you just mentioned, like that you might just need to sleep, it changes everything in the ways that we respond to our own unique needs rather than going into an automatic behavior that isn't helping. Not to say that it's good nor bad, just as you said, but that it's maybe not helping the situation, right. whatever, that, whatever that automatic behavior is. So I think it's really potent and beautiful revealing that you're sharing this because it's such a very common and yet every person has such a unique way of experiencing it that we can't always pinpoint it because it's covered up by so many of our old habits and behaviors um, that are so unique to us as individuals. So Holly, I'm wondering, there's some specific elements that you've touched on um, that are things that really have basically worked for you and gotten you to a place where you feel like you're much more aligned with um, your health and your eating and your body. And I'm just wondering if you could just kind of touch on those a little bit for us today. Yeah. Um, one of the things within the program, I mean, it's called yoga of eating. So the, the um, threading throughout the program of some of the different like um, traditional like concepts and yoga philosophies within the program in a way that connects it and relates it to everyday life. I think me personally, I've, I've learned about these things like um, ahimsa, right, like non-harming, but then in how it's embedded within the content in a way that's relatable. So eating in a way or caring for ourselves in a way that's non-harming to ourselves, um, that was a really one for me um, because I think that these concepts are so like, oh, they're ancient traditions, but how does that connect to today? I think sometimes mm -hmm. that it can be a challenge, but it's just threaded throughout and it's so seamlessly connected. It's like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense in this situation. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think, too, uh, taking those yoga practices and having specific yoga practices and specific meditations that are aligned directly to the topic or whatever the content is was really supportive and helpful. Um, I'm a pretty heady person, which is great, but sometimes I 
have to be able to drop that space of the mental and actually feel into my body to truly gain the insight that I need. And I can definitely get wrapped into analysis paralysis. Um, mm-hmm. But by including the yoga practices and the meditation, I was able and I am able to get greater clarity into my process, um, into the content that I'm learning because I'm not stuck in the head. Um, and as best I could, mm-hmm. I definitely uh, loved how, they, like I was saying, the yoga and the meditations connected. And whenever I could, I would try, and I do try, to have do the yoga practice and then do the meditation directly afterward because I felt like through the yoga I was able to move my body and calm the mind and reconnect my breath and truly be in the present moment. And then it prepared me to be able to sit and be with whatever it is that the meditation was helping me bring to the surface that I didn't realize mm-hmm. was lurking, lurking below. Hmm. Interesting. So just as a reflection, it sounds like for you in your day-to-day life, it's very easy for you to exist in the mental plane. And in the mental plane, in my experience, you know, it can be very stimulating and intellectual and academic and inspiring and even creative and yet it doesn't necessarily help us to stay embodied in our eating or really whatever it is we're doing. We can kind of be cut off at the head and a little bit um, disconnected from, you know, the different types of awareness that can happen in our body, introceptive awareness, the hunger cues, satiation cues, self-care needs, the more intuitive aspect of the feminine really. And, What I'm hearing from you is that when you really bring in the yoga and meditation practices, there's something really tangible about dropping into your body and being able to slow down your mind. And that may be supportive in taking care of yourself because it's like another way of intuitive care for yourself. Does that sound like what you're saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking like, Specifically, I have all these rules for myself (laughs) Uh and, and like, how I operate in my day-to-day, but also around my food. Like, I have to eat at a certain time, and I eat certain, you know, would eat certain amounts of food. And while, again, like, sometimes that can be helpful, it was definitely helpful at the beginning of my healing journey. It was absolutely what I needed at that time. But then Mm -hmm. as I continued to grow and change, I realized and relearned as a process of getting into my body and getting out of my head, oh, I'm actually not hungry right now. I actually don't want this. Or, gosh, I'm actually hungry for, you know, the chicken versus the fish that I prepared. So I'm actually going to have the chicken instead of the fish. So I could get into that more fluid, flowing way of of eating, like you said, the more feminine aspects of it. Hmm. Yes. And it's interesting how you mentioned when you're in the healing journey, these different types of structures can be supportive, like having a really solid food plan and having a meal time and having, you know, some kind of consistency was really helpful for you for a while. And then when it started to become too rigid, this feminine aspect of flow and intuition and inner listening started to become more of a navigator for you over time. Yeah, and I'm still, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not like 
I'm not, I haven't arrived. It's still a process <laughs> and a learning journey. Um, but I feel like I'm more aware of it and I'm more in that space versus not in that space, if that makes sense. Yeah. And also that this whole aspect of eating and, you know, really allowing our feminine flow to guide us, I mean, and even just to feel like we're embodying a healthy relationship to food in our body is a lifetime journey for most women just based in our culture today. It's like we're getting such challenging messages and such contradictory information from the media in all aspects. It's, you know, it is quite an an, an unfolding for us to really get into the deeper currents around this. So I, I appreciate you saying that. And I also know that it's, you know, I believe that we are all, you know, in a constant um, journey to keep up with who we are and to match that with our eating and our relationship to ourselves and our self-care and our bodies in this challenging time in the world, obviously, especially lately, even more we're seeing just how immense that is in the collective with some of the more more recent um, political and obvious women coming to stand in their power around health and happiness and body and empowerment. So, you know, just that you've done such amazing work to get to where you are today. I remember when you first suggested that I meditate and I was like, what are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, just for one minute. Ah, I remember that very distinctly. Um, But (laughs) through, through that journey and, I can watch. It's almost like I can see these thoughts come through and come by, and not always, but very often I can just see a thought that might be an old thought or an old pattern of like, oh, you can't, or you must, all these shoulds, um, a lot of them are my rules, or that you look fat, or any of those, like you need to make sure that you're not eating X, Y, or Z. So like all these old thoughts and all old patterns, I can see them and I'm like oh hey there it is again (laughs) interesting Mm. and I can start to remind myself reframe it shift it Um, I think one of the things that is helpful um, in working with you and through this program as well is is the taking of not only um, not only these practices of yoga and meditation maybe but also pulling in some of the science because because I am such like a, a mind person, sometimes to counter some of those old thoughts or those old beliefs, I, I remind myself of the science behind it, and then that seems to quiet the the mental mind a little bit um, because mm. I'm like, well, this is irrefutable fact. Like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we can definitely look at the research at this point, for example, in how fat is beneficial to the body in numerous amounts of ways and balances the blood sugar and helps us feel more satiated and doesn't add this extra body fat to us because it actually does the opposite. And, you know, something like that, it's nice to have the fact that, you know, Time Magazine published it on the front cover just a couple years ago, (laughs) for example. Yeah. It, It really helps instead of sort of this wild and crazy idea that people are like, what? Now there's enough research to support something like that, which I think does really give people a bit more of a foundation and 
a bit more trust in, in the science. So there's both. Yeah, I agree. I really um, relate to you on that level with the scientific analytical mind. And so for me, the merging of those two things, the philosophy, the science, the psychology, and then, of course, the embodiment practices make the most sense for me, which is, of course, why I designed the program like that. But, it, you know, I think for those people who do have that analytical mind and that mental plane is their maybe their primary, you know, place of um, hanging out, um, it can be a really supportive environment to dig into some of the science in that way. So I... Uh, yeah. It makes me me think, too, like, um, as you were saying that, our relationship that we've developed with food and our bodies and just ourselves in general has been however many years, however old we are when we're entering into this. And so it's almost, like, super important that we're tackling it on multiple fronts in order to come to a better state or better place of healing, whatever it is that the person's goals are, or just so that way we're covering all of our bases. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different aspects of our beings. It's nice to be inclusive. So I'm curious. I mean, obviously, your health journey has been very, you know, specific to you, very unique, very um, dynamic, and it's included so many different aspects of personal inquiry, self-study, patience, and, you know, consistency. And I'm just wondering, like, from your perspective, there's a lot of people listening who have their own unique struggles, challenges, you know, goals, histories around food and body image, which obviously, you know, are so common yet so unique for many, many women. And I'm just wondering, because of all of this that you've done for yourself over the last probably, what, 10 years now? Yeah. pretty specifically, you know, pretty invested in your health. I'm just wondering if you were to, you know, give that little bit of advice or encouragement or even just kind of cheering others along, what would you say are the most important aspects to focus on or some of the big takeaways for you that you would think would be valuable to others? Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like women in general are very much supposed to be caregivers of others, and we often forget about caring for ourselves and how key and how vital it is that we carve out time for ourselves because if we create the time to be with ourselves, and disconnect from other commitments, including social media, we're just going to feel that much better, um, more alive, a deeper sense of peace and ease. And as a result, we won't turn to food for whatever it is that it's a symptom of, or we can intentionally begin to choose to experience food in a different way. Um, and we can begin to feel a little bit um, through that sense of peace or connection internally, we're then able to share it externally. And I think we hear that all the time, right? Like you can't pour from an empty cup. But the more you actually embody it, the more you actually experience it, the more 
real it feels in your own personal experience. Um, and also that it's, it is definitely a journey um, that, you know, even now as I stand here on my particular place on my path, I still see so much further that I where I want to go, but if I actually look back over my shoulder, I can see how far I've really come and all of the progress I've made and um, just being key of celebrating each step along the way. Even when we take a few steps backward, it's not it's not the end of the the world. It's it's not the end of our progress. It's actually just another signal and a sign of some place that we need to continue to take a look at in our own feeling of that. Um, so just remembering to recognize and celebrate each step of the way. So I think that's a great, very powerful message to leave us with today. Thank you, Holly. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming over to listen to this very special edition of Satiate, the Soul Food Sessions. These podcasts are designed to give you little tasters and appetizers of the upcoming Yoga of Eating online course and community. Registration is currently open. You can access all of the details for registration and more about our dynamic group of guest teachers and all the different aspects of the program, including nutritional therapy, food psychology, yoga, meditation, reflective resources, and nourishing recipes by going over to theyogaofeating.com. I would love to welcome you into this year's brilliant circle of women, and I'm excited to dive in with each of you in the inner world of making a lasting change in our relationship to food and body. This is definitely my most complete and passionate body of work and has supported thousands of women around the world in making a lasting change and creating more health and happiness in their lives. I look forward to seeing you for the next Soul Food session coming your way soon. And until then, take care.